Hello everyone, it's Peter Miller. I'm here with you on January 25th, 2023. And this is episode two of Smarter Than BPD. And today I wanted to go into um, some of my uh, early history, just to give you an example or sort of set the type of context that people who uh, experience problems in their development and end up uh, with uh, patterns of mental illness and personality disorder, kind of like what they might go through. I mean, I've met with lots of people in my psych, uh, psychology practice. I've been, again, working as a psychologist slash mental health therapist for the last 10 years. So I've met with lots of people and part of my job includes uh, taking uh, the psychosocial history, right? Or the family history, the things that they've been through uh, as part of their development. So I've seen very uh, much what it looks like and the types of contexts that children grow up in uh, when uh, mental health issues start to take root. And my experience in my childhood was uh, not a lot different than many others. <clears throat> so the main thing I guess I wanted to start out with was, um, so if you're a person who has developed uh, an emotional type of disorder, emotional thought and behavioral type of disorder, like borderline personality, then, I mean, you should know that there's a really good chance that you had some neurological vulnerabilities or predispositions that were passed down through genetics. These, um, these patterns often do run in families and they are um, certainly a part of uh, my, my family and my other people in my um, genogram. I don't know them all very well, but I suspect that there is a similarities that goes back generations. So as someone who is um, a child and develops this, they, they grow up with these sensitivities, which means they might be, you know, a little bit more emotional than others, or they might be more sensitive to feeling and, um, and what, how they experience that and how it translates into behavior and, and all those things. So some people are, in a way, like higher needs that way. And uh, I was one of those kids um, that had those neurological like vulnerabilities or predispositions. I was just more sensitive uh, and my emotions were more amplified, bigger than others. And then the other part that you need to understand is that there can be an environment that you're in as a child where people don't understand how to work with you very well with your emotions. So they don't know how to, to teach you or guide you uh, in that way. So they could be parents who are um, like good parents and caring, but they just don't understand how to do that stuff, uh, how to um, orient their kids uh, to to live with, to live in their body with certain types of, all types of feelings, right? I mean, we experience all types. And they may even accidentally uh, um, make 
your emotional struggle worse by the ways they respond to you or, or, or they don't respond to you. So, I mean, there can be abusive responses. There can be neglectful responses. Uh, and people usually what they do is I think they carry on the patterns that they observed from their parents, right? So they carry it into their parenting and, and that's what they do with their children. And they think that, you know, it's not a problem. I'm just doing what my parents did with me um, without even really batting an eye or thinking twice about it. But what can end up happening is uh, a child can have many um, emotionally traumatic moments where they have, say, uh, they have an, an extreme emotion of one kind or another and uh and then maybe they act out in some way or have a behavior and then the parent sort of just tries to shut them down quickly or you know threaten a punishment or or actually punish them for having a certain type of feeling um, so when that happens and these can be you know many moments in a in a childhood so you have these sensitivities these emotional sensitivities and then and then when you experience them in real life and then the in the environment the you you get in trouble basically for for having feelings okay so that means that you didn't learn anything about your what to do with those emotions other than try and hide or suppress them and that's what people often do right they try and hide or suppress their emotional experience because it means uh if they're if they show it that they will be in some trouble with the people that they uh they depend on and um that they need right um like their parents and sometimes it's others in their life too that they realize look i can't show this part of myself i can't be myself in this way uh, because it comes with consequences like hurtful consequences it's actually worse to show my emotions than it is to to hide them and so that's kind of starts a pattern of what we call emotional avoidance so you kind of start to live your life in a way where you are always trying to hide that part of yourself as soon as you start to feel you try and figure out a way to ignore it or to you know to not show it um you know, and the thing is, and this is something that stood out to me in my own learning and in working with others, that is, if you're living your life to just avoid emotions, then you are not uh, making decisions that are necessarily the wisest. Like you're just, your decisions are based on how can I avoid this feeling versus like what would be the best decision to make in this moment. And so people make a lot of decisions about in their life based on you know that algorithm just to avoid a certain kind of feeling and they they probably do it quite unconsciously after a while and then when things don't work out very well and they kind of wonder like what am i doing wrong like why why don't things turn out the way i want them to or why do my you know why do my relationships fail so much um and you know a lot of it is rooted in this pattern that they started um when they were when they were young in their childhood and it just kept going and going and going um now with people with um that are really sensitive 
I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Marsha Linehan. She's the uh, developer of dialectical behavior therapy. She actually describes um, borderline patients as being like third degree burn victims. Like that's how sensitive they are to their experiences in the world. And so, you know, their emotions are much harder to manage and hide. And so they just keep kind of coming out. Like even if you sometimes, even if you do try to hide them, right? Like you just, you just can't. Sometimes you just have full blown like, or if you have um, suppressed them for a certain period of time and then they just keep building up inside of you and then you just can't take it anymore, right? And then you have like an outburst of some kind. And every time you have an outburst, you get in trouble, right? For having an outburst because you, um, you, you say things or you do things that, uh, are offensive or upsetting to others um, or that are just or that are actually abusive to others right like you don't really and then you feel regret after you don't want to be behavioral in that way but the emotions are so um, intense that they kind of take over um, and this is what a lot of people who don't understand borderline or understand what it's like what it's like they would say you know, he just meant to behave like that. He's just, uh, he, he's choosing that. It's just totally his or her free will. Um, but I'm going to argue that point and I'm going to say, no, it's not totally free will. Sometimes our emotions do take over. Sometimes they do get the best of us. Um, and I can say, you know, in my life that as I have learned to manage my emotions better, that I have had, I guess you could say like improved or more free will meaning like I can consciously choose more often what I'm going to do in my life because I'm not just living my life to avoid emotions, right? I'm, I'm, I developed the ability to feel or a willingness to feel things that um, I actually, for most of my life, I didn't even know that I was not willing or, you know, uh, avoiding uh, over and over again and then having these moments of dysfunction that made my life harder and worse right this is the borderline pattern you basically you don't know what to do with your emotions so you try to hide them all the time and you know you get really anxious about any emotions showing um, or you know like if people are trying to say or do things that would get your emotions activated, you become quite anxious. Like, you know, like what's going to happen next? What bad thing is going to happen next in my life? And, uh, you know, what's going to happen with people that I'm around and are they going to evoke emotions in me that I can't manage? And you kind of like, what mess is going to happen next? And it's going to be all my fault kind of thing. So a person ends up in this pattern, right? Where they, they, they don't manage their emotions well and they, uh, they they neglect themselves that way and then it builds up and it turns into anxiety disorder depressive disorder behavioral disorder um and then you just kind of accumulate these bad experiences and then you remember them all too right and you're like oh my gosh like i yelled at this person or i did this hurtful thing and um and i regret it and so you end up feeling lots and lots of guilt and shame and you just kind of carry this around with you right and you also start to think that you're uh, in general just a bad person who like shouldn't even be alive right like it can get to that point right and 
And that's why people who have borderline sometimes get quite suicidal or they think that they should be punished and uh, they could end up uh, self-harming, cutting themselves or doing other reckless things as a way of kind of like getting back at themselves for being such a, a bad human being kind of thing, right? Um, maybe they were taught that you know when people behave badly they should be punished for their bad behavior um, even if they never learned anything about how to work with their own emotions uh, and this is one of my beefs with society i guess right and i mean i guess i can understand how there needs to be consequences to actions and but i mean shouldn't we be also be putting this into a perspective like how much opportunity did this person who has these behavioral problems how much opportunity did they have to learn and grow and mature and you know did they have the same opportunities as others uh, probably not so you know keep that in mind um, when you're out there you know and if you see someone who's kind of emotionally off the rails and you know you have to ask how much did that person ever or how much opportunity did that person ever have to learn in their life uh, through their their caregivers and this has a lot to do with um, developing healthy attachment as well so like again your caregivers they have to know what it means to be able to have a healthy attachment and connection with their child um, and just like you know keeping a roof over your head and paying the bills and and all that is that's that's good but it's actually that's not sufficient in terms of developing uh, a relationship a connection an attachment with your child i mean the child needs to know that you are there with them that they you understand them uh, and that they can rely on you to be able to grow and learn and learn what it means to live in their body and not have to be you know perfect so they can have emotional struggles and learn from that and they can have you know other make other mistakes in life and they can learn from that like it's always a learning process so you know you, you would always say after mistakes are made like okay what can we learn from this what can we do different next time uh, but quite often there's a lot of shaming you know for that comes from parents they would say you know like why you know you know better or uh why would you behave like that when we've taught you otherwise right and but again did they learn everything they needed to learn to live in their body uh just because you know you you give them a lecture or you tell them that some behavior is wrong doesn't mean that they know how to uh work through the uh, emotions that go through their body so I guess I can't make that point enough, you know, um, because people with BPD are often the most misunderstood. I think they're usually quite good people and they want to be loving and caring and they want to contribute and they usually have good hearts, uh, but they stuff ha keeps happening. Uh, that is unfortunate um, because they didn't have the, you know, the training that they needed. And if they had the skills, then they would, uh, their life would look a lot different than it does. So I guess I just wanted to point that stuff out uh, in the first place. Brain development, environment, and I also want to talk about 
I guess some of my experiences when I was uh, young and uh, a lot of my history had to do with um, having problems in relationships. Uh, I struggled with feeling abandonment, uh, like with uh, mm -hmm. girlfriend relationships. And um, when I felt that I was being uh, abandoned or ignored, then that would really tr uh, trigger a uh, painful emotions and um, and since I didn't know what to do with those emotions I would often get kind of angry and aggressive right and uh, do things in response to my feelings that uh, like usually ruined my relationships right um, so I mean I forgive myself now for a lot of my behavior uh, I mean, back then it looked pretty, you know, pretty ugly. And, and there have been other, you know, incidents over my life where I've, you know, that are, don't happen, happen nearly as often. But sometimes I still struggle with, um, you know, powerful feelings of abandonment or powerful feelings of um, rejection, uh, you know, depending on the situation and the, the context and, and who's involved. I mean, another thing you could learn from this podcast is that... Um, our emotions can be more intense depending on you know, like where what's happening and, and who we're talking with so like if i'm talking with someone that i don't really know that well or someone that i isn't really important to me then you know the emotional challenge would probably be less than if it was someone who was like really close to me like a family member or a girlfriend or a partner right like then when the people when someone matters to you more then the emotional challenge depending on how things happen right is a lot is a lot um, more to deal with and uh, they call it being you get emotionally deregulated or dysregulated like if you can imagine like a like a wave right like a uh, like an EEG wave like it can be like kind of small or it can be like uh, have uh, be really high and really low and just like a really intense like waveform like when a when a person with BPD is dis dysregulated it's a very big waveform right and sometimes that can happen really fast depending on what's happening what a person is thinking about and uh, how they are interpreting their their life and their situations so i just wanted to make note of that like that was part of what i went through right uh, and um like if you can imagine like for most of my life i well at least half of my life or thereabouts and until i was uh, about um 37 i didn't really have any idea like that i didn't have this proper emotional training um, so I went through most of my life like making kind of like mess after mess and uh, um, dealing with situations very ineffectively and in many cases and I mean it's amazing actually you know when I think about it that I you know I got through got through college and I got through university and I mean without those skills like uh, it, I guess it could have been a lot worse you know um, and I didn't really have any problems with um, uh, self-harming behaviors um, like cutting or uh, any any like seriously reckless behaviors. But, uh, you know, 
I did have problems in, in relationships and, uh, and I, you know, tried to, and I didn't really know why actually. Um, and I guess I would quite often maybe blame others thinking it was, you know, it's something, you know, their mistake about why the relationships would fail. But um, I had a lot to do with how I couldn't handle my emotions and probably the mean, cruel or inappropriate things that I would have said from, from time to time. Okay. So, I mean, you have to know yourself. That's part of the process of uh, getting better is really getting to know like, okay, like where did I come from? What happened to me? You know, and uh, what was the situation and how much did people know how to be supportive to me? Right. So you got to know yourself that way. And you also kind of, you got to know that the world that we live in, it does not uh, consistently promote or make mental health a priority. So the fact that, you know, your parents know very little um, and their parents knew very little, like all the way down the line. I mean, that's, that's the way that um, our society or I guess the Western world anyway, that's, that's the way that it's been for a long time. Um, and so we end up learning later in life, like what happened and how to deal with it. If we're, you know, if we have that kind of interest and motivation, because people just don't learn how to take care in these ways. And I could go on and on about why, you know, I think that is so, and, uh, I know I have my, my beefs with, uh, you know, capitalism and the way that we're so, um, hyper-focused on money-making and, that's been part of my um, frustration or my perception about why things like health and mental health, they just don't, don't even come close in terms of importance um, because they're, they're, those things are put first. And so, uh, and, and, you know, people are probably also embarrassed and ashamed to talk about mental health. So there's stigma as part of it. And, uh, you know, they could focus on other things that they think are the answer to all their problems. And I think sometimes religion does play that role, like where there's too much emphasis put on that as the answer, you know, to all of our relational and emotional problems. And I would certainly challenge that to say, like, no, uh, a church is not a mental health clinic. And um, so that's all I'm going to say about that uh, when it comes to um, religion. Uh Otherwise, I wanted to just kind of mention that uh, there was uh, trauma as well in my history, like when it came to witnessing things that happened at home. And so, I mean, when I'm saying that, I guess I'm talking about modeling, you know, like what, how did the adults in your life model how to work with emotions, right? Did they... Did they talk about their feelings? Did they validate one another? Uh, you know, did they have patience for that kind of thing? Or did they, you know, did they just erupt and um, have, you know, big conflicts and on a regular basis? You know, like sometimes that's all families have. Sometimes they um, have a mixture of things where, you know, in some moments they they deal better with things than others. In some moments, it's just a total meltdown. Um, like where I come from in my childhood, I saw lots of, um, lots of 
conflict uh, and between parents and between siblings and parents. And, it, you know, it was extremely toxic uh, sometimes uh, to, to the point where it was, the, you know, like the police needed to be involved and, and stuff like that. Very unfortunate. And, you know, and I don't say that to be... Um, to be cruel to the people that I uh, I was around during my childhood. Um, I think my parents probably did the best that they could based on what they knew, like most parents, and they they had their ways of dealing with things that probably didn't work very well that they tried to use, right? And um, ultimately, it because they were probably using the wrong tools, right? They weren't able to help themselves and they weren't able to keep a healthy relationship going and they weren't able to teach their children all the things they needed to know. They, you know, they just went on what they had to use and probably what was passed down to them, as I was saying before, you know, but kids, they need to learn about healthy communication. They need to learn how to uh, tolerate and move through difficult emotions. They need to learn how to support themselves and each other with emotions uh, and to, um, again, learn what it means to create healthy connection and attachment. <clears throat> so I'm going to leave some notes about um, what I was talking about here today at uh, my page. So you can get a little bit more information about more specific information about my life and my history and maybe you can relate to it and uh, put some of these things in perspective for yourself um the information comes from a book that i i, I wrote and briefly published in the past um but i think it's all very still relevant to to this subject and to anyone who would want to learn more uh, so please do come to my website. Uh, it is smarterthanbpd.info. So smarterthanbpd.info, come there. And um, all the podcast episodes and the related information from the book that I was telling you about will all be there. And I have some PowerPoint slides too that I, you know, for visuals that could help you maybe with um, in internalizing some of the information and uh you know using it for to re to remember and remind yourself of things as you have your own life experiences i'm also going to uh ask and invite you to um donate to the project i will have a paypal donation button at the bottom of the smarter than bpd.info page so if you just scroll all the way to the bottom you'll see it there and um you know, if this information was helpful to you, I would definitely appreciate um, a small donation. I'm not going to make a podcast subscription thing. I think a lot of people need this information. And so um, I think this should be free and, uh, you know, easy to access. Uh, but if you do have a um, bit of uh, spare change, and you know, any amount is fine and please do find that button at the bottom of my page there. So again, thank you. And I will be preparing uh, this uh, podcast every week. So the next one will be coming on February 1st. 
and we'll just be continuing with the um, the process of uh, the uh, explaining my experiences, you know, what I learned from my experiences and what I can also what I've learned from being a therapist and how I have applied, you know, all that learning to to be a teacher and to continue to help myself. So again, thanks a lot for tuning in today and we will talk to you next week. Bye.